Hi there, I'm Mark Ferguson from Next Gen Agri. Welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. On this podcast, we cover all things livestock through the amazing stories of the people that farm them and the people that study them. Our motto here at Next Gen Agri is farming in our hearts, science in our heads, and we really do love working as the bridge between innovation and farming. Before we get underway this week, I really want to take this opportunity to thank our friends at Allflex for coming on as, as sponsors to Head Shepherd. It's such a pleasure to be associated with such a great company, and we really do thank them for, for sponsoring this episode. I think the first tag I ever used were Allflex tags back when I was a kid when we first started breeding, and I've used Allflex tags throughout my entire career. They provide such a great product with exceptional service, and great to be associated with them now as, as sponsors of Head Shepherd. G'day all, Ferg here. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. Fantastic to have you with us. This week we are looking into further into the wool industry. Uh, last week we had Elizabeth on the on the podcast, and this week we've got Willie Gallia from the Schneider Group. Uh, Willie is the Chief Sustainability Officer at, at Schneider, and uh, recently moved from Argentina to Biella to take up uh, that position within the company. So uh, we speak this week uh, quite a bit around the Argentinian wool industry and, and learning a bit about that, but also about about Willie's broader role within the company. So really. So a really interesting chat with Willie, and I really hope you enjoy it. Fantastic this week to have Willie Gallia on on uh, the Head Shepherd podcast. Welcome, Willie. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Nice to be here. Willie, uh, I first, I guess, come across you from from viewing the Wool Connect conference and um, found that really interesting to follow a whole range of different brands that are that are really, I guess, really embracing sustainability. You're the, the Chief Sustainability Officer at, at the Schneider Group. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, thanks for the support in the WorldConnect, by the way. And it was a spontaneous event. Uh, so we did everything in one month. So I, I am aware that uh, we were missing some content to make it more uh, all-around event. But, but it was okay for, for, for a first experience, I think. Yeah, it was great. And particularly for those of us that I guess a more pre-farm gate rather than post-farm gate. It was a great opportunity to hear directly from from a number of brands where we often would get that second or third hand. So it was great to hear directly from from those brands was was the highlight for me. So your uh, your current job at Schneider is is really to I guess to bring the sustainability strategy to life. Is that is that the main job? Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the idea is that uh, the Schneider Group has been doing quality for it's it's known for its quality uh, ever since you know the, the it was created. It was about uh, the finer wools and the, and the best cashmere, and and we have uh, very nice processing facilities. And uh, and lately, that was uh, not enough to uh, you know to to thrive in the in the industry. Um, and coming from Argentina, our production is pretty much organic already, for for the nature of how the you know how the farms uh, operate in Argentina. So I already had some experience with that um, at an early stage of of the sustainability road, so to call it, from Argentina, and, and I was asked to bring that experience onto the group last year. And uh, from last year to now, we did a strategy and basically an analysis of what the group, uh, the potential, where, where the group needs to improve, where it can deliver, you know, and, and so on. And we created a strategy, with it, which is called Together 2030. And uh, 
and it's uh, now I am in the in the next year we will start with the execution of the strategy, right? So, and the strategy to be very short, Mark, it's about uh, delivering science-proved results for the brands and and the end consumers. So it's it's really more like an industry uh, strategy that we did. Um, that's why we did Wool Connect show this a need for you know convergence, and 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 it is. From the analysis that we did this first year is obviously we, we knew this already but we we, we gained more experience and, and more facts around it it's around the strategy needs to be very close to the growers because many of their impacts are generated at the growing stages so it's a huge opportunity uh, it's it's not something to be afraid of it's not something to uh, you know i know that many people see sustainability as compliance or boxes to tick as more problems, as more costs, but really uh, sustainability when it's done properly and not for compliance, when it's a proactive thing and when it's properly done, it is about adding value to one's activities. So this is my job is to break the needs of the clients of the industry into practical uh, results, exercises or standards that for the grower will signify greater value for their productions. So that's it in, in a nutshell. No? Yeah, cool. So the vehicle that a grower would see is the Authentico Integrity Scheme. Is that sort of where that plays out for a grower? Or? Absolutely. We are we are using Authentico to bring all these different uh, you know concepts and and standards to the grower. The entry point for Authentico is free of charge and it's very fairly and it's fairly easy. Uh, and and we want to make it accessible. And we're talking to all the standards out there, and uh, we we want to find common grounds. So we want to simplify things as much as we can and and we we know uh, from the wool connect it was evident that you know people were complaining about the multiplicity of standards we know this already of course we know uh, because we these dialogues that maybe were uh, coming out to light in the wool connect we have them on a daily basis obviously being here no so it, it was we are already working on those issues uh, from some time and and hopefully in the second wool connect we will already address very concrete in a concrete manner some of these issues no and, and show results yeah excellent so i guess just to circle back uh for those who don't know much about the schneider group can you just quickly kind of explain the the scale and, and operations yeah sure the schneider group was uh, um, originated in 1922 in australia uh, it was it started as a trading then uh, in the 70s 80s it started to add all the infrastructure and now we've got four mills around the world one is in china one is in egypt one is uh, in italy which is where i am now and that is where the finer wools and finer fibers of the world are produced the finer bales of australia for instance 11 micros are processed here then we've got Argentina, which is where I come from and where we not only have the mill, but we also manage farms directly. We've got today about 20 farms under direct management. Uh, so there we are not only uh, processors of the wool, but also producers. And that's where many of my personal experience comes from. And then we've got two uh, de mills for Kashmir. One is in Mongolia and the other one is in Iran. And on top of that, we've got commercial offices in Australia, New Zealand, and in Europe, in, in Switzerland, to, to sell. Oh, that's that's the structure of the group. It's a family business. It's a family-run uh, business by the Schneiders. Uh, Marco Schneider 
Um, his father started it, then he followed, and now we've got Giovanni and Elena Schneider, uh, which are the new generations, and they are the ones who are really investing and, and believing in sustainability. Um, and, and it's a family business. So this is a very, I, I want to really highlight this because we know that it's a, one of the biggest values is that, you know, we share with growers that it's mostly they are family businesses. So, you know, from generation to generation, and that is sustainability already. No? I guess before you moved to Biela, you were working firm in, in, in Argentina, your home country. So I guess I'm really keen to understand Firstly, I guess your background uh, and and how you ended up being being involved in Merino wool. Yeah, so so I, I started into business in, into wool uh, because for me it was a legacy. My grandfather was Italian and he was already into textiles in Italy. My father also, and my uncle and and my father he went to Argentina when he was very young, twenty years, twenty five years, following the to to learn about the wool industry in Argentina. And he stayed there, and now we are all working uh, together with my father and my two brothers in Patagonia, where we have the mill. Uh, well, I, I already moved to Italy now, but but this was up to one year ago, and and uh, yeah, so so it was a legacy thing for for me, and I was always around uh, sheep in farms from a young age. So I, I'm really passionate about it. For me, it was a legacy, and when I started into this, this is interesting, I think, Mark, because. When I started into wool in uh, 20, 15 years ago, it was pretty much a commodity business all around. And I didn't really like it because I was going out there, you know, and trying to sell for one cent, you know, and competing with everyone for, for you know, nothing. You know, I, I, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a nice uh, business and I didn't like my legacy at that moment. So I was very determined to change a little bit, you know, its reality. And, and sustainability was the road to do that. We managed to develop different products that, that were very, very nice and, and that I felt I could you know, relate to those uh, initiatives and, and projects and concepts. And I started to relate also with customers that you know, had that same um, uh, philosophy. And, and so uh, relating on... on, on not on the price, but on core values and, uh, you know, nicer things is, it makes life easier. So <laughs> I think that's also kind of the story for me. Yeah, cool. I'm interested about uh, how the Schneider Group are managing farms and that's not not unique, I suppose, but it is unique at your scale, I think, in terms of that, that integration at like lots of farms and, and growing the own wool. Are they owned by the group or are they sort of co-owned or managed or how does that work no well look in argentina as as i described the structure we were a lot of people a lot of family uh, there so we were you know we were doing you know what else with that and we, we all live in patagonia so the all the all the businesses in in argentina they've got an office in buenos aires normally and the head you know is in buenos aires and we, we are all in patagonia which in chubut province where the wool actually is so we were you know, strongly committed to the to the local, and so on. And we had some spare time, and we saw that there was this. Uh, you know, people invested. Argentina is a very unstable country, as you probably heard already. And people invest, you know, money into real estate as a way to to keep the value because the currency doesn't exist. We don't have a currency, 
And many of these people, you know, they, they had a farm, but they didn't want to go there every day and they didn't want to, you know, deal with, with, with certain issues of the farm. So we, we saw that there was a big room to, uh, you know, to, to give a service there. Uh, so everything kind of was made a lot of sense and we started with that. And, and that was uh, over 10 years ago now. And that simply started growing and growing. And now we've got uh, these 20 farms, which is just over 1 million hectares of, of land, about 130, 150,000 sheep that we are managing directly. It's interesting because the farms that we've got are farms that we, we specifically look for farms that are not uh, at full capacity. So now we have a lot of land and we are now in the process of, you know, uh, increasing uh, our livestock and, and and returning these farms that were you know very big and very nice uh, maybe 30 40 years ago 50 years ago and now are some of them were actually abandoned nearly so bringing them back to life is also very very rewarding from 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 that side no? and, and all the farms that we run uh, they are uh, with, with they are organic and rws certified that's that's you know, already uh, something that we, we, we do immediately. So I'm intrigued about these 20 farms. So are they are they run as individual farms or is there sort of a collaboration across those farms in terms of maybe breeding programs or, or any of that? Yes, it's a collaboration. That's, uh, no, it's, um, for us, obviously, it's we've got one or two farms. Uh, we, we, we've got one actually that is like the, the, the bloodline for all the rest and we are now having a second uh, place we, we've opened recently so we have two different uh, bloodlines and and um, and then uh, we, we we collaborate in every sense no and, and we are improving and, and, and analyzing data and and being able to you know look, look at the business from another perspective and hopefully sharing all this knowledge with, with other growers no, in, in the country. Yeah, that's fascinating. And in terms of those, that farming enterprise, what's a normal calendar year look like in Argentina wool production? Normal calendar year? Uh, well, we've got, uh, we, we in March, we've got the ramming. I don't know how you call it. I'm sorry about the terminology in English. Maybe, you know. No, that'll, that'll, that'll do. We know what that means. Yep. Ramming, no. And then, uh, in, from September uh, and July up to October, we've got shearings from the north to the south. Uh, they, they move, you know, which, uh, from uh, ending in the, in the colder region of the south in end October, and that roughly, you know, from September onwards, we've got the the it's a, the lambing period starts uh, as well. Uh, we do pre-lambing uh, shearings. Uh, using a snow comb, most of the cases. And then uh, in from December onwards, uh, we've, we've got, uh, we, we have, uh, we, we sell three month uh, lambs no? in Argentina. They are, they are smaller than, than in Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, 11, I think 11 kilograms to 13 kilograms is more or less the, the size that we sell. Yeah, right. And yeah, we, we, we use a lot to repopulate. Uh, as I was saying, our farming scheme is based on farms that are 
uh, in low capacity and we need to grow them to take them to full capacity. So we use a certain percentage of our uh, lambs to repopulate. So what are the key, like you go into a new farm that's been abandoned, what are the things that, sort of the simple things that need to change immediately to to get to improve the health of the farm and the performance of the farm? Sure. The first thing is always the people. So we need to be sure that, you know, we get somebody that knows the, the area, hopefully, but that is reliable because, you know, when you have somebody... That depend that that uh, it's something obvious now, but you need to rely on, on your people that are very far away, and, and the information you get from them needs to be reliable. So you need to be uh, people is is, is the, the biggest challenge and the biggest issue. And then we are always investing infrastructures, no? and, and you move from the core of, of the farm, from the main houses, or or what is closer to um, you know to, to the where, where the people are. You start moving outwards with the infrastructure and with the with the animals, and we use uh, low value, maybe more rustic animals at the start to move this frontier outwards slowly. You no, know? so we use the the muttons. I don't know the the weathers would it be. You no, know? mutton is the one that you eat, but it's the male castrate. Yeah, ma- yeah, weathers. Yep. Yeah. yeah, weathers. We use the weathers so that they are, uh, you know, they 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 can. They are a more rustic animal uh, from within the possibilities, and, and they are the cheapest animal that you can put out there. Uh, so, so they are the ones who do the frontiers, so to speak. And then, as the as the as the spaces consolidate, we we switch into uh, more valuable animals, no, and, and mothers uh, use. Sorry, water obviously is a is a key uh, is a key. Thing in, in Patagonia, so we, we need to, you know, make sure that the waters are in place. And then we we also are working on a program for supplementary feeding for all of the farms uh, because uh, that, that gives us a stability uh, which is very uh, relevant no? to make suce- to, to have success in the program. But we've got silos in Treleu that we've built, so we can buy from Buenos Aires province at bulk bring it to Treleu and there we we ration it for each specific farm and we deliver it to the farms uh, on a specific ration depending on the type of animals that we have there and their needs so it gives us the possibility of uh, you know experimenting a little bit and to be very precise on our website by the way mark if you look at the furman argentina website there is a there is a page within it that is farm management and you will see a map of the farms that we've got where they are located what their sizes are and some more information excellent all right i'll do that for sure and i was keen to understand i've obviously never been to patagonia um what's what sort of climate we're we dealing with is it all i know is that it's cold and windy is my about <laughs> my knowledge of patagonia but it's uh, very dry you know it's uh, on the 250 millimeter uh, per year range. Uh, maybe in, in our case, we choose coastal farms, which receive a little bit more of rain. Uh, we, we try to avoid the center of the Patagonia, which is the driest and the, and the toughest. We do have a couple of farms though there, 
and we've got one which is in the one which is in the mountain uh, in the south. Very nice, very nice area by the way. It's uh, by the Fitzroy Mount. It's an amazing landscape, and uh, so so yeah, it's a very dry dry weather, no? And um, and, and the challenge is that's why we're, as I was saying, water and then supplementing with food. And it's not really, for instance, uh, we haven't found regenerative ag agriculture uh, as a solution in our case, uh, because of the scales and the rainfalls we have. So this is an interesting challenge now we have. So that'd be all natural pasture though, there'd be no improved species or there is? Absolutely, all natural pastures. Yeah, fascinating and Definitely want to get there one day. Definitely on the bucket list. Um, I guess just circling back to Wall Connect, uh, what were the what were the take homes for you? I guess you organised it, so you know what the take homes were going to be. But I guess for me, it was it was a very consistent message from pretty much everyone around around welfare and, and sustainability. Is do you have anything to add to that sort of insight? Or yes, I, I was. Uh... Absolutely, the, the issue of welfare, which no, we, we still are debating mulesing and but it was interesting that we had four pos and HSI there. So whatever we do regarding animal welfare, it is very important that we involve animal welfare organizations from the start. Uh, if you know, because they will at the end have a very big decision, uh, you know, strength if what we're doing is going to be successful or not. Uh, so we always consult with them, no? With Authentico, we, we are always, uh, we are already, uh, you know, in, in their guidebook as uh, preferred practices. And so animal welfare, yeah, was a big issue. Traceability is super, super important. And I think that is where uh, we really want to push uh, because traceability is what ensures many things, no? But one of them is that the value of whatever initiative we do arrives to enti entirely in full to who is doing it. Uh, because I, I heard that many people were saying, you know, that they do one certification or that they do mulesing, or that they don't do any more mulesing, for instance, but they don't see a premium for it. And the reason is because there's no, you know, that the information along the chain is lost so that the price doesn't arrive necessarily to who's doing the effort. So I think this is a key thing to look into. And then the need for, for consensus. No, this is, uh, we, we are many times, many occasions, we, we compete one country against another or, you know, one scheme against another. And, and this is all in favor of synthetic fibers and wool is losing always uh, ever since I have a memory, there's less production of wool around the world in every single country. And, and, and this needs to be changed. If we do not address this and we continue to look, you know, at our neighbor and, and see what, and compete in this way, we are going to disappear, uh, basically. No? Uh, it's what's happening. So we have to revert this and we have to be very conscious of this fact. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that was the great thing about Wool Connect is how inclusive it was. Yeah, no, hats off to hats off to the organisers for for that inclusivity. Um, Thanks. Thanks. I think that's been that's been a, a fascinating chat, Willie. I really really appreciate you coming along to uh, to talk to Head Shepherd. Uh, have you got anything else you'd like to add? Or? Uh, 
no, just you know, send send my my warm regards to to every grower out there. You know, I, I you know it's a really tough moment for everyone. Uh, for us, it's not an exception. And you know, I I am really really very optimistic about the future of of wool and of what we are doing. And it is my personal, and I know that also it's the Schneider Group's commitment to make sure that you know we we turn around some of this negativity that's been going on around wool and about you know our industry and we put it in the place that it should be in the future uh, which is you know uh, a, a very you know uh, well we've put our hearts in it so i i'm very optimistic about the future so that's excellent yeah and i think that comes across very clearly how your passion for for the fiber and for the people involved in the industry so yeah congratulations again on on wool connect and and thanks very much for for coming along this evening thank you mark it's been a pleasure thank you very much well that's a wrap for another week here at head shepherd fantastic to have you with us uh just a reminder our online course called fly free farming is is coming up soon we've just finalizing the recording of, of that one um that course is going to be focusing on those people transitioning away from musing and really help people go through that transition, but particularly focused on, on the kind of genetic decisions you need to be making uh, to get the sheep set up so that they can survive and thrive in a, in a non-musing scenario. So lots of information coming there. Um, if you're interested in that course, we'd love for you to, to sign up or, or get in touch, and we'll let you know uh, when that's going live. We'll be running live events around that as well as uh, providing support to those people making those decisions. And, and we'll also have that online that people can, can watch at their own time. A range of courses on our website, www.nextgenagri.com. Uh, we'd love for you to get on there and check them out. Um, they're all based at, uh, at helping people learn at their own pace and in their own space. And, and, and we've, we've got some great feedback from those courses. So, so yeah, love for you to, to get involved. Uh, ram buying season is just getting underway in New Zealand. Anyone listening that's that's looking to buy a new ram team this year, just a reminder that that's what we do for a living, helping people do that. So if you do want some support around that, we'd be we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch and and uh, find out what Next Gen Agri can do to to help your decision making process around those around those really really important decisions of which rams you're going to put out to make the next generation of of ewes. That's it for this week. Uh, you've been with Ferg from Next Gen Agri. Thank you very much. Thanks again to our friends at Allflex for sponsoring this episode. Allflex are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries. They've got great products with exceptional service and we really do enjoy our long-term association with Allflex and really do thank them for sponsoring this episode.